hope you enjoy this message from South City C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. So I got saved in 1995, and I was part of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, or in America they call it the AOG or AG Church. So for me, when I talk to pastors, I, I kind of cut my teeth, so to speak, with the Pentecostal uh, denomination. And so for me, I think I want to talk a little bit about something this morning called membership. It's one of our, in our Ship Shape series. For me, membership. So when I got saved and I started going to church, um, people... Not because it wasn't a top priority, but membership was kind of a, the last thing on the list when you became a Christian. Like, we went into a sense of belonging. I got baptized, and that's another um, train wreck of a story for me. I'll tell you later. Uh, I got baptized, but there was, it was like kind of like the last thing. It was almost like someone had come to me and said, oh, yeah, by the way, do you want to be a member of the church? And I was like, sure, okay. What does that mean? And it kind of came back to a place of, well, you get a vote. I said, okay. A vote for what? I said, well, vote for the things that are happening in the church. I said, oh, okay. But I, then it kind of, and maybe for you, maybe this is your narrative, maybe this is where you, that's kind of where it ended, didn't it? Like, you, you might be sitting here this morning going, I'm a member of South City C3 Church, and I, I'm like, I'm going to ask the next question. So what does that mean to you? Well, I got to vote. Okay. And dot, dot, dot. What if there's more? I remember this one, one quote. Let me, let, if you indulge me here, it says, he says, this old quote, this is not me, a quote. It says, can I be a Christian without joining the church? The answer is, yes, it is as possible as this being a student who will not go to school, a soldier who will not join an army, a citizen who does not pay taxes or vote, a salesman with no customers, an explorer with no base camp, a seaman on a ship without a crew, a businessman on a deserted island, an author without teachers, or sorry, an author without readers, a tuba player without an orchestra, a parent without a family, a football player, or better in this case, a rugby player without a team, a politician who is a hermit, a scientist who does not share more of a code of conduct. Then when I came back from the mission field, married my beautiful bride, we had a kid uh, named Michaela. She's 19. Can you believe I'm a, I'm a guy that has a 19-year-old child? Man, I li- this looks good for an, okay, <laughs> silver fox. Okay, anyway, so <laughs> she laughs. The loudest person laughing is my wife. Um, so then, then I became a youth pastor, a minister in the Christian Reformed Church of North America as a Dutch Reformed Church. So I went from Pe- Pentecostal and swung all the way to a very strong Reformed theology. There, I started to see the inklings, the murmurings, the ponderings of what membership meant. They talked more about what a covenant promise is a family of God, them also being very Dutch, very strong in their relationship. And then my friend Mike said, hey, we're, we're, kind of, we're, we're planting a church out in the Western communities, and, I, and I'm, I need help. Would you come and join us and help plant this church? 
It was called the forge, like tinkering blacksmith forge. So I said, okay. And we started to talk about constitution and membership, and it was a Baptist church, and, and it was almost kind of written in stone, like a, a member does this and a member does that. And even Mike and I were sitting, pondering, having our, our almond lattes and, and me with my, my espressos and going, how does this even work? Because it just becomes, yet again, a member does this and a member does that. I said, what well, has to be more? And we were desperate because we're a church plant. We were a small group, not like this. We probably, our church was probably just the middle section here. And something, something started to stir in us. We actually saw it this morning. Didn't you see that? Having you guys share your heart, your testimony. Having, you know, Will came in. Where are you, Will? God bless you. Will came in and, and I saw Doug. You went to pack and save and got him a, a latte. I said, that's actually the microcosm. That's exactly what we're seeing is that's what Fano, that's what family is all about. That, I, that Will needed Doug, and Doug, and you needed Will, and we needed to hear your story so we could be transformed and understanding better that God is a loving God and he reconciles families. So let me just, that's my narrative. I want to just unpack some homework for us this morning. Um, some of you, and I'm, I think I need to say this, like we have a constitution for our church. But some of you are going, what's a constitution? So I'll help you. A constitution is a body of fundamental principles that help, that, that gives us this organization structure, and it's acknowledged, and it also helps for governance. This is straight from our constitution, quote-unquote, number one for South City C3 Church. It says, the church aims to reach, what? All peoples to treat them with love, acceptance, and forgiveness. And this is the kind of the requirements for our church members. Number one, it says, have been baptized in water. So folks, this is important. Oh, if you're not knowing that there's a tank in here. <laughs> not the speaker. People online going, why is he always referencing the, the there's a tank there. So it's a kind of a prerequisite, and it's not just a South City thing. It's like a lot of evangelical ecumenical churches find that the baptism, the full immersion of, of a baptism is like the precursor or the pre prerequisite for membership. The second one is just to show evidence of a consistent Christian lifestyle and character. Isn't that the consistency, commitment, and care I talked about? If you just said, I am a Christian, I'm a Christian by name only. I'm, I'm a Sunday Christian. I just show up from 10 a.m. to 12. No, no, no. For a member of the church, we want to see consistency, commitment, and care in the lifestyle of your character. This is actually, again, quote-unquote in, in our constitutions. Attend the church regularly over 12 months and take part in the life of the church. So if, you, if you're sitting there going, oh, I'm a Christian, and, and I said this to our, our discipleship uh, explorer group, I said, if you came in at 10 a.m. and you, you, I'm not saying if you cross your arms, so if you're doing this right now, Don, I'm sorry. But if you, if you came in this morning and the posture was, hey, man, it's 10 a.m., I'm, I'm here to do church, I'm here to get what I'm supposed to get at church, then, then I'm going to ask for you to, to move past a new paradigm shift. What if church started the moment you parked your car? Or for some of you, church started the moment you woke up 
and you had that worship playing, and, and you thought, oh, I'm going to start praying for John. I think John's, pr- uh, and Rachel's leading. I'm going I'm to start praying. I'm going to praying. I'm gonna... You're involved in the church. But say, Pastor, I am infirmed, or, or maybe I can't because I have a, a walker, or maybe because I'm 99 years old. I, I, I can't do a lot, but you know what? You can still pray. You can still pray. And I've seen those 89, 99-year-old folks come to me and text me on my phone late at night going, I'm praying for you. I know how much it, what you're going through right now. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting at the, door, at the wall, and I'm interceding you in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So, so folks, like, you have a part to play. I used to say this to church members. It's like, what is the part that you bring Sunday morning? What that does, it snips the consumerism right from you. What do you mean? Like, I, I, come to, I come to get fed. I told this story at our Discipleship Explorer group. There was a guy that I think, I think it was MacArthur. He had done this guest speaking, and he comes in this big church, and this older gentleman comes up, probably 40, 50, 60 years old, whatever it was, and he says, oh, you know, Pastor, it was such a great word. Thank you for encouraging me. And he goes, oh, yeah, and he goes, um, yeah, Pastor, I'm, I'm thinking about leaving the church. I just don't feel like I'm getting fed. And, the, and this pastor, I think it was MacArthur, he looked at him and said, it's pretty sad that you still need to get fed. Still bad. It's, it's pretty sad that after all these years, you still come to church thinking that you need to be fed. It's like, at this point in your life, you should be feeding others. And I said to our discipleship group, I said, the, the, the common denominator, the person that I'm actually speaking to on most Sundays is not the person that is a veteran Christian of 30, 40, 50 years. It's the person that's new to the faith. Because I'm expecting you, that is the veteran, to come alongside them with those profound questions of faith. So what John said, how did it ring, sing, and sting? How did it move you this morning? Part of it, too, is affirm the statement of belief. So having that belong, believe, become the belief, the understanding of the statement of, that you have a common theology. Accept the government of the church according to this constitution. Number two, the application for membership may be made in writing by prospective member or guardian or parent or caregiver thereof on the form which shall be prescribed from time to time by the pastoral team, from which form includes the statement of beliefs. And then the pastoral team shall confer all the eligible applicants the status of membership and shall advise the applicant and the church upon such conferment and shall forthwith, I love that name, love that word, forthwith enter the name of the membership list held at the registered office. Okay, where to start? Let's begin first in the book of Acts. If you have your Bibles, turn with me. It's going to be on the screen. Let's get to work. Um, Acts chapter 2. Um, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, then Acts. So it's kind of like that fifth book. Um, I don't know what page number it is in your book. So um, this year we're using English, English Standard Version. Uh, for some reason we're on NLT, but that's okay. I'll just read it out of mine. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they had heard this, they went to cut to the heart, and they said to Peter, to the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of your sins. Recognize the Constitution that we just talked about. 
Repent to be baptized, the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and for all those who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourself from this crooked generation. So those who received his words were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. And awe came from every soul. When's the last time you had awe from your soul? And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings, so distributing them and the proceeds to all that any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. Amen. Let's look at Romans 12, 3 and 13. So we see this kind of the genesis of the church. So the question comes is, where, where does membership find its roots? It's in the church. The, it's in these, these, these first moments of Acts chapter 2 and what's happening. But then later Paul talks to the Roman church and he says, in Romans 12, verse 3 to 13, he says this, For by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having what? Gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. I love this. Let us use them. Let us use them. And that's very similar to what you were saying, Linda. You had a moment where you couldn't, you didn't have to buy the dressing gown. And God was saying, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, and the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, and the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy, with cheerfulness. And then here's the prescription. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Out, I love this, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. As if Acts 2 is like the action movie of what was actually happening, Paul then reminds the Roman church that this is what was happening in Acts chapter 2. We see scripturally two-part focus. The first one is this, if you're taking notes, the person, the member of the church. See, as you being a member of the church, you believe wholeheartedly in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? 
the good news of Jesus, and you are saved by grace for his glory. In the context of Acts and our constitution here at South City, this person should be a believer that is, or believer baptized, full immersion. The member fully attends in a manner of good standing, regular preaching and teaching opportunities with the body. Hopefully you come to Sunday services. Hopefully you go to Bible studies or online streaming, connect groups, outreaches and missions trips. Secondly, the member is active in koinonia. And we're going to talk about this ship on Easter, which is fellowship with each other as a family. This is like what we were talking about before, mentoring, counseling, serving, connect groups, children and youth ministry. Thirdly, and most importantly, participates at the Lord's Supper. With a prepared heart, better, and an examined heart, this member comes forward to partake the elements of communion. But that's not it. So that's just each individual member. Now together as one corporate body, the church continues to grow. 3,000 people grew in one day. And families start to share all their resources. I had this one guy, you remember the guy from Florida that called me about this? One day, I was sitting in my office just doing my usual thing, and I get a phone call from Florida. And I took it, I got up this phone, and this guy's like, I'm listening to, because at that time I was posting all my sermons and stuff online on a website. And he had listened to my, my sermon and I had preached on Acts chapter 2, where the church came together, and they, they divvied up all their stuff, all their land, all their houses, and they sold stuff, and then shared it with anyone that had need. This guy called me, and he's like, Pastor, he's like, I don't, I don't believe that you're doing that. And I said, I'm sorry, and your name is? He started to rip one side and down the other that I wasn't being a biblical leader by selling people's land and then giving it away to all the people that were in need. So because I wasn't being biblical, I was in disobedience to the Lord, and he started calling me a seed or a spawn of Satan. And I, was, I, was, I was like, okay, but tell me how you feel about that. I didn't, I didn't get angry. I didn't get frustrated. I'm going, there's fruits and roots. And this is a young, this didn't sound like a young man, but he's, he's a man in turmoil and crisis. So I said, like, how does that make you feel? And he started to share that a hurricane had ripped through his family, his, his, his area, and he had nothing. And he goes, he said, I started going to the church and I get nothing. And they have this huge mega church and I get nothing. And he was just beside himself. So he's, I don't know, trolling the internet and he finds my sermon. He, and that was, I guess, what tipped him over. He's like, I need to call this pastor in Nelson, British Columbia, Canada. Figure out the time zones. Gotcha. And he tells me, tells me off. I said, brother, but that's not, that, that's about being part of the body. He said, you need to get everyone to sell their property. I said, but when, where do I sleep? It doesn't matter. We'll figure all that out. <laughs> we'll all pan out in the end. I said, no, no, no. Like, part of that scripture is some people had some land that they could sell and give and appropriate resources. And I said, I'm sorry that your church in Florida hasn't done some kind of mercy project with you. But to come against me out in the Kootenai Mountains, <laughs> I don't get it, man. But I know that you're hurting. 
And for sometimes when church or membership doesn't work and it gets a little toxic or maybe it gets a little self-centered or maybe it's just greedy, people start leaving the church because they see how it doesn't have traction. It doesn't make sense. Are we perfect? (laughs) We're not perfect. We will make mistakes along this journey. But the body of Christ, I see you as members together, arms, legs, eyes, tongues, toes, no toe jam. Each person makes a, a declarative covenantal promise. As a member, you make that promise and say, with all that I can, with the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, I fully and wholly connect with this body. So the question comes, Pastor, why is membership so important? Because remember, my context was membership equated vote. Yes, you get a vote. And to determine some of the key things that going forward with our Constitution, how things are structured. But I'm telling you, there's more. Number one, out of a genuine familial love, we as members of the church look out for one another. Remember that? Outdo one another in honor. See, in contrast, we are not making, if we're not making this full partnership, this full grafting in, we wouldn't be ultimately concerned or worried about the person beside you. Do you feel that? If we weren't wanting so much to be connected with each other, you would look at the person beside you or behind you going, ah, whatever. But when someone is going through it beside you, behind you, we should feel that. Amen? That's what a body does. If I shoot my foot, I should feel that. The foot doesn't go, "Ah, I'm not really a big part of your body. It hurts. My son hit a, a where's my son? He's not even here. He hit a grounder in baseball, hit me dead in the shin. Oh, the pain I went through. I hadn't, and then I got an infection and everything. This little wound caused my whole body. I went into the ER or what do you call it, A&E or something like that? Is it A&E? Am I, oh, good, got it. For us, A&E is a, a, a TV network back home. Um, <laughs> so I went to A&E and, the, and this nurse rushed to me and said, you might have a DVT. I said, Okay, well, that sounds interesting. What is it? A deep, the deep vein thrombosis. So immediately, we need to take you to the ER. I'm like, oh, wow, I get to jump the queue? Yes. They're like, no, 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 it's serious, because it can go to your brain, and you can have a hemorrhage and die. Well, then let's go. <laughs> but I didn't know that, that d- this wound could create a DVT and kill me. So your little insignificant wound on your toe, it means a lot to me right? Well, better, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not to me, also, but you. You should feel it. So when someone else is struggling, it should cave you out like a melon ball or be like, oh, it hurts. I hate it when they're, when they're struggling. But John, that's countercultural. Yes, it should be countercultural. We're in the world, but not of this world, because honestly, you're an alien, Right? You're an alien. You have a different passport. It's from heaven. You should feel things different. So someone, someone's going through the hardship you, and you start to feel it. Oh, it hurts. Good. 
That's the Holy Spirit giving you that. Amen? Some people will say amen. Oh, we'll get there. Number two, we go out of our way to honor and prefer one another. This only really happens when we say that we will be fully committed to one place, one mind, one body. In contrast, if we are sojourning, Tolkien talks about these guys, all, not all who, who wander are lost. If we are sojourning for a season of time, wandering all over the place, you really don't allow yourself to be fully known then. I love this man, and God bless you if you're watching. But I wrestled with Victor. Victor was in the Forge Church. His daughter, Odessa, was one of our youth workers. And she invested all of herself into our, our Crucible youth program. Known as Crucible, Smaller Forge. Anyways, it's, it's, a, it's a play on words. Odessa wrestled with all kinds of stuff. I remember so many times Odessa would come up to me like, I don't believe in God. And you know what I would say to her? But God believes in you. So she wrestled. She was open and transparent and real with her doubts. Maybe that's something that, that connects with you today. You're an Odessa. You said, I don't believe in God. And I'll say, God believes in you. But Victor was her dad, and Victor had, uh, he was an entrepreneur. He had so many visionary things happening. And remember one time he came into church, he said, Pastor, I got a thing I want to do with all the youth in the city, and, and uh, I feel like we should get together with the mayor and this guy and this guy and this guy. And I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, that sounds all good. I said, Victor, but I don't know you. He's like, oh, it's, uh, I come to church. No, you don't. You come to church on the biggies, the Christmas and the Easter's. And then you come in because of your connection with your daughter, you feel like you got passport with me. But let me tell you one thing, I don't deal with people I don't know. Being part of the membership, being part of this fano means that we get to, better, you get to be known here. And he, he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But then he would go to the next pastor down the road and say the same thing. I got a plan. I got to do this. I'm going to meet the mayor. I'm going to do this. Because at that point, his church was just a series of networks, but not a covenant family, not a, bo not a body of Christ. And lastly, number three, within the body of Christ, as a member of the church, you can weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice. You become patient and hopeful during the hard times as a body like we did during COVID, our, our COVID lockdown. And as whole, and as a whole, you can't wait to serve together because you are like a body of members put together. You are a family and not a group of strangers. That's why our vision statement's right here. What do we do? We seek to be a welcoming, passionate people following Jesus. That breeds belonging, believing, and becoming. So if you're a stranger today, that's okay. But just so you know, Buddy and Maureen and a whole bunch of other people probably welcomed you, and they're passionate about their walk with Jesus. So guess what? Our prayer this morning at pre-service prayer was that you guys would come and leave changed. Ruined for the ordinary. You can't actually go back out to the world the way you came in. 
because God was going to transform you this morning. Do you believe that? Amen? Amen. You walk out a living covenantal relationship as a member of South City C3 Church, not a mechanical contract that so easily can be broken. So next steps, I'm going to ask uh, the, for this, the membership dialogue. In the coming months, I will have time to meet with folks. Not to say that membership's a new thing here. It's actually a pretty standard thing for this church. But I'm, I'm still new to knowing our membership role. And if you're a sojourner, a person that's kind of wandered in, and you want to have questions, I'm going to have. These are intentional, heartfelt discussions with each other as we understand what it means to be a member of South City C3 and where we fit as we look at our spiritual and redemptive gifts. Do you believe, as some of you are still sitting part of this body, that you don't even know if you're an ear or an eye or an arm? You don't know your spiritual gifts. And I would love to be able to unpack that with you. And secondly, this year, we want to do a membership renewal. In the coming months, we're going to be sending out a slip, a physical slip of paper to you, or it might come as a bit of an email where you have three choices. The first one is, I will continue to be a member at South City C3 Church. The second is, I've come to a place of transition in my life, and I will not continue my membership at South City C3. And last, I'm having difficulty making this decision, and I'm seeking pastoral care and instruction. You're like, why? Why do we do this? Because I've looked at our membership role, and it's pretty antiquated. I go through the list with some of the other pastors and go, how about this person? And they say, oh, they moved. How about this person? Oh, he dead. I'm like, oh, this is an old role. <laughs> like, oh, he dead. <laughs> like, or like, he's in Auckland, or he moved to Australia. So what I want to do is, when we are doing like structural stuff, or we're talking about um, moving in the church, or if there's things happening in the church, I have an, an up-to-date role of who's with me. Who's with me? The word that I got before I came up to preach this morning is, we are better together. We are better together. But I need to know who's with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the band to come up. And I, and I want everyone to stand. You can stand. <laughs> I don't know, John. I'm not standing. As the band comes, I just want to say this last thing. I mentioned sojourners. Do you, do you not just love that name, Sojourner? These, I used to call them when we were in the Dutch Reformed Church, they called these folks friends, friends of the church. And these are people that are still on a journey figuring things out. And if you are a Sojourner, I want to bless you in the name of Jesus. If you're still trying to figure things out, because what, sometimes what church says is either you're in or you're out. I'm not saying that at all. If you're a sojourner and you've wandered, I hope that you can find a place of belonging here. 
I am trying to be as, as much transparent with you as I can. I don't, I'm not flash or fresh or fly. This is what you're going to get. Faded jeans with a whole beard. I don't, I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't tick all the boxes, but I'm going to be honest. I'm rugged and I'm real with you. I want to be a place where you can sojourn. And I don't care if you put a bum in a seat. Because some, some people think that bums and seats, attendance is all it is. Absolutely not. I want your heart. I want you to know, you, you can play. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I want you to know that you're a part of this body. Amen? And if you're still figuring that out, and you come to me and say, Pastor, I'm a sojourner, I will give you a high five and a hug. Unless you say, don't hug me. Because I think what we've done so much is we, we flipped that over decades. We always used to say, behave, believe, and you might, you might get to belong. And for some of you folks that have been in church a long time, you know that that's what it's been for decades. You first behave, then you really need to believe, and then maybe you get to belong. We're going to flip it, amen? You get to belong. We're going to invite you to believe. But then the, almost the guaranteed byproduct is you're going to become something like you've never become in your life. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.